0: Creative Sandbox Way podcast, episode 178. Hello, I am Melissa Dinwiddie, and I believe that life is too short not to express the innate creativity inside of you. So I wrote a book. Called The Creative Sandbox Way, based around 10 guideposts that I developed to get myself out of creative stuck and back to the sense of playful creativity that I naturally had when I was a four year old. That book was just the tip of the iceberg. I continue the conversation each week with this podcast. Let's jump in. I was at a friend's son's bar mitzvah on Saturday. And at the luncheon after the service, I sat across from another friend that I hadn't seen in ages. And she wanted to know what I've been up to since we last spoke. So I explained that I started a consultancy that helps teams and organizations cultivate cultures of creativity so that they can become hotbeds of innovation. And she was really surprised that such a niche existed. (laughs) She said, Well, don't companies just hire innovative people? Why would they need to cultivate a culture of creativity? And it you know it sounds like a reasonable enough question. But if we take a moment to unpack it, that question is based on flawed logic, but it is not uncommon logic and embedded in this question is one of the biggest. Challenges that I face as a creativity instigator, which is the belief that creativity is an inborn talent that one either has or doesn't have. So this question, don't companies just hire innovative people, implies that creativity is a characteristic like brown eyes or size 9 feet or naturally curly hair something like that you're either innovative and creative or you're not and the reality of course is that humans are an inherently creative species but but our innate creativity can either be stifled or helped to flourish by the culture we operate in so there's this conventional wisdom that would have us believe that creativity is the gift of the lone artist or the lone inventor toiling away in his isolated garret studio or laboratory and yes typically it is a he in this in this uh you know conventional wisdom vision several books have come out recently disproving this notion arguing against this notion for example there's the book Powers of Two, How Relationships Drive Creativity by Joshua Wolf Schenck, and another book that came out um last year called Group Genius: The Creative Power of Collaboration by Keith Sawyer. And very much this conversation is very much in the, the society right now about the fact that most the most powerful creative work actually typically comes out of collaborations and partnerships not the lone you know genius because collaborations and partnerships allow for creative abrasion and ideas bouncing around and expanding off of each other however not all groups are beneficial the dynamics of the group make all the difference And those dynamics, the stories that the group tells, how the people in the group communicate with each other, the values and behaviors of the group, all of these together make up the culture. So basically, anything that you can boil down into the statement, people like us do things like this, that's culture. And culture can either help creativity and innovation as well to flourish, or it can completely shut it down. So let's look at some examples. Schools have cultures. At my elementary school, I learned to tie my shoes. I learned to color inside the lines. I learned that the sky needs to be blue and the grass needs to be green. I learned that the way to succeed is to please a single authority figure, also known as the teacher. I became the quintessential straight A student, but I did not learn to think creatively. I would call this a culture of perfectionism, not a culture of creativity. Inside of schools, we have classrooms, and classrooms have cultures as well. When my fourth grade teacher tore up my friend Laura's drawing of a mission in front of the entire class, Because missions aren't orange, she yelled at my friend Laura. I learned that there were right ways of drawing and wrong ways of drawing. And there were dire consequences if you did it wrong. You would be shamed in front of the entire class. I became very attuned to this teacher's moods but I did not learn to think creatively. I would call this a culture of fear, not a culture of creativity. Families have cultures. In my family, we had crayons and markers and tons of computer paper, the kind that had the holes with the tear-off uh, strips on either side. We had tons of that kind of paper in a cupboard that we could use anytime we wanted when I was growing up. And when I was in second grade, my parents thought that I was going to grow up to be an artist. And that was totally fine with them. We played board games and word games. And my brother and I had lots of time to play outside with our friends. And we played, you know, make believe and hide and seek and all, all kinds of creative games and I would make up stories about my stuffed animals and there was a piano in the living room and my mom played the piano and I was encouraged to play the piano whenever I wanted and we listened to music and we had music lessons and art classes and my parents played guitar for a while before taking up new instruments in their 50s and my dad always sang and whistled around the house and together he and I would make up little operettas about my cat and I could tell you lots more stories. In any case, I I still had creativity scars from school. But from my family, I learned that art and music were normal, fun parts of life. Now, contrast this with a client that I worked with years ago, whose mother literally forbade her forbad forbade i'm not sure how you pronounce that word did not let her do any creative activities after a certain age out of a twisted sense of trying to protect her from becoming a starving artist as an adult she's still trying to reclaim her creative sense self After that, now, can you see how my family culture was much more of a culture of creativity than my client's family culture? Now, guess what? And I I could go on and on. Uh, Countries have cultures. I happen to live in the US where funding for the arts is getting cut and cut and cut and practically non-existent. Non-existent. Other countries put a lot of money into funding the arts. There's a huge difference there in how creativity is valued by the culture, right? So many things go into culture and cultures of whether a culture is a culture of creativity or not. So guess what? Not much changes when we become adults from, you know, when we're little kids, human dynamics are human dynamics culture is culture. Companies have cultures. And each team or group inside a company or inside an organization has its own culture as well. So how do we create a culture of creativity and innovation? Well, just Recently, I had Mike Ganino on the podcast. He's the author of Company Culture for Dummies. And his, he, as he said on the interview, culture all comes down to relationships and communication. Even a relationship and the way we communicate with ourselves impacts culture. So it all starts with your relationship with yourself, which is why... It is essential if you want to cultivate a culture of creativity, it's essential to start at the smallest building block of any group or team or organization of any, you know, any culture, and that is the individual. Not to make them more creative or more innovative, because we've already established that humans are inherently, each and every one of us, we're inherently creative and innovative. The real problem is that because of the stifling cultures that many of us grew up in, and we each grew up in multiple different cultures, right? We grew up in our family culture, our school culture, our, um, you know, maybe we went to we're part of a religious community. We're part of all different kinds of communities. Each of those communities are overlapping and they each have their own culture, right? And some of those cultures might have been stifling creatively creatively. And because of that, many of us have acquired a sense of learned helplessness around our creativity, and that needs to be peeled away. So we have creativity scars, we have false beliefs and self-doubts. We have imposter complex. We've got gremlin voices in our heads that say things like, I'm not creative. I'm not an artist. I'm too old to do that. I'm too young to do that. Nobody's interested in what I have to say. I can't draw or I can't sing. I can't write. I can't act. All of those kinds of voices in our head, those are gremlins, they're there, <laughs> they're chattering us, and we believe them. And for some, the fear and anxiety around activities, even remotely smacking of artistic or creative is so extreme that it it's paralyzing, right? So the intervention here is to start to introduce Creative Sandbox Way concepts, the concepts from my book, The Creative Sandbox Way, gently shifting their individual mindset so they can start to acknowledge and claim their innate creativity and give themselves permission to use that creativity more freely. And the goal here is not necessarily to get people, you know, playing with art supplies, though they're certainly welcome to if they want to. And my book, The Creative Sandbox Way, invites readers to write and doodle in its pages along with trying a variety of other creative activities. But at this point, what we're really doing is simply looking to start a mindset shift. For best results, we're also looking to invite people to try some kind of really simple creative practice that they can engage in regularly. And that's consistent with guidepost number four. I've got these 10 Creative Sandbox Way guideposts, which if you listen to the podcast, you have heard me talk about. I talk about them frequently. Guidepost number four is think tiny and daily. So some examples of tiny and daily creative practices might be doodling for 10 minutes a day, or free writing for 15 minutes a day, or taking photos with your smartphone for 10 minutes a day, or improvising new tunes on your guitar, just stringing some chords together on your guitar for 10 minutes a day. The ins- essential ingredients for this tiny and daily practice are that it be ridiculously achievable. A time commitment of no more than 10 or 15 minutes. And even less than that, if it feels too onerous. That it, It's really, it has to be ridiculously achievable. It has to be so stupidly small that it's, impossible to not be able to do it. So if 10 minutes feels like "Ah, that's impossible, I can't do it, make it eight minutes, make it five minutes, make it two minutes. It doesn't matter. Just make it something that you can actually achieve. I mean ridiculously achievable. I'm not kidding. And another essential ingredient is that it require only tools or materials that are super easy to have on hand. And set those materials out so that they're just readily available at your workspace. So you don't have to spend any time finding them, setting them up, taking them out of the case. So if you're going to be playing your guitar, take it out of the case, put it on a stand, have it ready, have it right there. If you're going to be doodling, have your pen and your doodle pad or if you're going to use backs of envelopes, have a bunch of envelopes right there. Just have a stack of them and your pen. You don't want to have to be searching for a pen when, when you are, you know, at your doodle time and figure out what time of day you're going to do it. I like to do my doodling in the morning. I have a specific time after I do right now, my daily ritual, my morning ritual. I have some work. I do a workout. I do a little meditation. And then I sit down and I do some journaling and then I do my doodling. So it's the same time every day. And so that way it happens. It's anchored onto another habit. Do you have morning coffee every day? Can you anchor, use that as your anchor and tie your tiny and daily practice onto that? Tie it onto that. Hook it on like a chain onto some other daily habit that you that you already are doing every single day without fail. Do you wait for your coffee to boil in the morning and it takes, you, it takes five minutes for your coffee to boil? Can you do a doodle while you're waiting for your coffee to boil? That kind of thing. Make it so easy that you can't not do it, right? And then the other in- essential ingredient is that it feels like play. And that's consistent with guidepost number two, Think process, not product. You're not looking for something. You're not looking to make something amazing out of this experience. You're simply going for the process here. This is not going to be exhibited in the Museum of Modern Art. You're not going to, you know, take this to an open mic. You're not going to submit this for publication. No, this is purely process. It doesn't matter if you like it. You might hate it. It's fine. You're going to do another one tomorrow. (laughs) You're only going to be doing it for 5 or 10 or 15 minutes, so who cares? (laughs) Why is this individual tiny and daily practice important for building a culture of creativity? It seems kind of stupid, right? This ridiculously achievable, why am I doing this? Well, here's why. Because over time, a creative practice, even a tiny and daily one that feels stupid, Small like this has a profound impact on one's sense of identity as a creative. So, one 10 minute doodle session may feel insignificant, it it probably does, but when practiced mindfully, daily 10 minute doodle sessions stretched out over the course of weeks and months and even years. I've been doodling pretty much daily for years now. It can be life-changing. It's like a a 10-minute-a-day meditation practice. It can be transformative. Okay, so now imagine we have a team of individuals who are feeling pretty creatively empowered. They've got a regular practice They are doing some kind of creative activity on a regular basis, and they're practicing Creative Sandbox Way concepts. So anytime they start to feel themselves getting blocked, they know how to find their way back to flow. So this is basically the situation my friend from the Bar Mitzvah posited. This is a group of quote unquote, innovative people, right? And they, let's say they've all been hired by the same company. Great, right? But What happens if this team of individuals is seriously lacking in communication skills? Hmm. Or what happens if they have a boss or a team lead who's out of alignment? Or what if they don't trust each other? Or maybe nobody's clear on the values and behaviors that are appropriate because the stated values of the company are not reflected in the behaviors that everyone sees around the office. These are just a few of the kinds of situations that lead to a culture where creativity and innovation cannot thrive because innovation requires creativity and creativity springs from the zone of uncertainty. Because think about it. If it's not uncertain, it means it's been done before. And if it's been done before, then it's not truly creative. And if we want people to be creative and innovative, then we are expecting them to dive into uncertainty, right? And if we expect people to dive into uncertainty, we have to make it safe for them to do that. And what makes people feel safe? Trust, right? Knowing they won't be shamed for trying things that may or may not work they're diving into uncertainty. Colleagues and leaders who have their backs, clear communication. That's just a few. When I lead cultivating a culture of creativity, innovation workshops, I let the participants come up with their own, and they get to build them out of Lego bricks, which is really fun. So in other words, Bring a group of quote-unquote innovative people together, help them bond and trust each other. Hello, team building anyone? And expose them to Creative Sandbox Way concepts using play-based, hands-on activities that will help them actually experience and integrate them rather than simply have them go in one ear and out the other. To help them start to build in practices to cultivate a creative culture as they move forward. Cause, you know, a half day or a full day workshop is, does not make a culture. It's ongoing practices that make a culture. It takes work just as cultivating a mindset of creativity takes ongoing work. It's not a once and done kind of thing, but the effort is so worth it. And that brings me to this week, something cool, which is an example of a culture of creativity at its absolute best. My husband shared this video with me. It's a TED Talk by the band OK Go that is known for their insanely creative videos. Now, they, they have a video of them in uh, one of the Vomit Comet <laughs> in zero gravity. The whole video takes place in zero gravity. It's amazing. And they have a uh, Rube Goldberg machine video that I love Rube Goldberg machines that has like 135 different little crazy machine units that starts off with uh, dominoes and oh, it's, it's crazy wild. Anyway, they have this uh, fantastic TED talk that talks about so many of the things that I'm talking about here. But anyway, the, the, it's, it's all about how to find a wonderful idea. And they talk about how they get their amazing ideas for their videos. So it's easy to look at them and think, well, they're just amazingly brilliant geniuses, right? And I would say, and I would ask, you know, are they innately more creative than the average human? No. I would say, no, they're not. They simply have a fabulously creative culture where they have full permission to explore, to make messes, and to practice every single one of my Creative Sandbox Way guideposts. Now, obviously, they're not aware that they're my guideposts. They have no idea I even exist. But if you go down the list of my 10 guideposts, you'll find they follow every single one of them. And they even talk about playing in a sandbox Which is why my husband forwarded me the video. He was so excited when he saw they talked about a sandbox. If you've forgotten what my 10 Creative Sandbox Way guideposts are, they are, one, there is no wrong to think process, not product. Three, think quantity, not quality. If you take care of the quantity, the quality will take care of itself. Four, think tiny and daily. Ridiculously achievable. Remember, the most important practice is just getting back on the wagon. So it's a very good thing to make it a very short wagon. Five. If you are stuck, just start anywhere. Six. When in doubt, ask what if. Seven. Take the riskier path. Eight. Dismiss all gremlins. Nine, spring the comparison trap. Ten, most of all, treat yourself with compassion. Remember the golden formula self awareness plus self compassion equals the key to everything good. There you have it, creative sandbox way. Guideposts. All right, and I have them all listed in the show notes if you didn't catch that. And if you head on over to the show notes, and this is episode 178. So that's creativesandboxway.com slash 178. You can sign up to get my newsletter and I will send you a poster with the calligraphed version. That is it. (laughs) I did not plan to sing to you today, but there you go. That's it. That's a wrap. Let me know if you resonated with this episode connect with me on LinkedIn, or you can direct message with me on Instagram. And thank you so much for joining me today. If you are getting value out of this podcast, share it with a friend. And I would be super appreciative if you would take a moment to hop on over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. I'm totally serious. Not only would it mean a lot to me, but it would help other people find the show. And that's what's really important. If you need help on how to do that, go to com slash iTunes hyphen review. That's creativesandboxway.com slash iTunes dash review. Leave a sentence or two about why you like the show. And we love those five-star reviews. And then email me to let me know you left a review and let me know how the podcast has made a difference in your own life. And I would love to have you on the show. I'll be—I'll consider you for the listener spotlight. And if I pick you, we'll have a really fun, relaxed conversation, and you'll get to be featured on the podcast. Pretty cool. Thank you so much in advance for leaving those ratings and reviews. And that's it. Until next time. Thanks again for joining me. Go get (laughs) creative. Subscribe at Creative Sandbox Way dot com slash podcast.